0: Welcome to Dwelling Place. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you will experience God's goodness in your life today. Join us for House of His Presence Monday to Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. for worship and prayer as we host His presence every day. Good evening, all. Welcome. So let's begin. I'm going to start by reading um, from John 5, and I'm going to start at verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, and they're referring to the healing at the pool, um, the man who was lame and had been been sitting there for 38 years— It says, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My Father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man or the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because what the, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father is... Uh, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me... uh, Sorry, whoever hears my... Hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man." Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear His voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself but Him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who, has sent, me, who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard His voice nor seen His form, nor does His word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one He sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me for life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in His own name, you will accept Him." How can you believe since you accept glory from one another but do not seek the glory that comes from only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? It's a long passage. Um, But here in this passage, uh, Jesus is, is talking to the people who are uh, basically like religious leaders, and they're, you know, they're rebuking him for healing on the Sabbath and all of that. And he says to them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in the scriptures, by the study of the scriptures, that you will have eternal life. But you refuse to come to me, the scriptures that testify about me. And you, go, you study them all the time. You're diligent in the study of the scriptures, but you refuse to come to me and the scriptures testify about me. And everything that God ever does and has ever done uh, has been for the purpose of intimacy. Everything that he has ever done in the world is with the purpose of relationship with us. It's for the purpose of um, of bringing us closer to him. And we can... Uh, we can even look in uh, many different passages, and I'm going to go back into the Old Testament in a minute and just read a few for you, um, where you can see like anything that he, any structures that he gave, any instruction that he gave was all for the purpose of bringing us closer. And um, in, in this particular passage, Jesus is specifically saying, the scripture was meant to lead you to me. The scripture was meant to bring you closer to me. It was meant to reveal me. It's not the end thing. The scripture itself, the, you know, the study of the scripture itself is not the goal. It is not the end game. You know, the goal is me. This was meant to be like a map to me. And, and he's saying to them, you know, you're, you're seeking this, you're using this as if it's the life, but I'm the life, you know, it's not, it doesn't in itself, it's not the life. You know, it's Jesus who, who brings it to life. So if we go back into, and I'm just going to read a little bit in Leviticus, because I just want to give you an idea. Many of us know that um, if you go back into the Old Testament, there are many, many laws and uh, instructions and all these things for like every possible situation that you can imagine. <laughs> As I was reading through Leviticus at one point, I it was almost like, then every page you turn there's more instructions for like the most bizarre scenarios and uh and so there are there are a lot of that and it can seem like I mean I can imagine it would have seemed overwhelming um but I'm just going to read a little bit from chapter 19 of Leviticus and the little caption above it is called various laws So uh, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It shall be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. Anything left over until the third day must be burned up. If any of it is eaten on the third day, it is impure and will not be accepted. Whoever eats it will be held responsible because they have desecrated what is holy to the Lord. They must be cut off from their people. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap it to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. And it goes on. There's many, many different things in that passage that it talks about. Um, But all of these instructions and everything that God gave uh, to Israel and everything that he gave to Moses to instruct Israel, it was all for the purpose of Keeping connection, it was all for the purpose of being in communion with his people, and we see in the garden that that was what God wanted in the first place. That was what, when everything started at the beginning of creation, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, there was perfect communion with God, there was perfect relationship and perfect intimacy with Him. You know, there was they were naked; there was nothing hidden, there was nothing, you know, between them. And God would, it said, God would come in the cool of the day and walk in the garden. With them, it was that intimacy and that closeness that he intended in the first place. And of course, we know that when sin came in, that put that block in between. And so, in all of the the uh, regulations and the laws and everything, these you know these weren't things that were just you know to make it hard <laughs> for people to live. It was to enable the people to have a connection with God. It was enable to enable the people to have some form of communion with God. And even though, you know, there was those laws about like only the priest could go in to the Holy of Holies. And even like in the one passage, it says, um, like uh, it was for Aaron, I think, and he couldn't go in um, just at any point. There was, like, specific rules about it. But it was all of these things were in place to keep connection and to keep communion with his people. This is what God wanted. And all of the things that he has ever um, put into place, all of the instruction has all been for that that purpose. And if you look even, and we have t- we talked about it quite a bit um, in the past several months, um if you look in like Chronicles, in all of the instructions for the temple and the worship in the in the temple, um, you know it's very specific. They had to use specific like jewels, specific metals. Everything is very specific, and the instructions are lengthy. And the instructions for how you were to worship, and who was to worship, and when, and in what way, everything, all of it, was very specific. Um, and it was all for the purpose of bringing people into that intimacy with God, even though it didn't look the same then as it looked in the new Testament after, you know, after the resurrection, but it was for the, the goal of being together. It was for the goal of intimacy. And you can even see when they, when they dedicated the temple and it says the fire of the Lord came down and filled the temple and everyone fell on their knees. The priests couldn't even enter the temple because. The, the presence of the Lord was so strong; it was this desire to be with His people that God has always been after. And uh, I heard um, somebody, and it was it was a, during a series we were watching from Bethel, and they were talking about um, getting in the Word, and you know, how can we how can we more effectively get in the Word of God? And you know, sometimes we feel like we're just reading, you know. Um, but so they are trying to encourage, what can you do? And, and they made the point that you've got to change your, your mindset on what you're doing when you're reading the Word of God. And, you know, they said, they said, when you go to a restaurant, you get a menu, they give you the menu, and the menu tells you the food that you can eat. But you cannot eat the menu. You can't, you know, go to the restaurant and see all of the food on the menu and then say, I'm going to eat this menu, and that will sustain me. No, the menu is to lead you to something else. The menu is to guide you to the food. Not the menu itself is not the end of it, right? And I so like that uh, that analogy just because it's, it gives you a, an idea of what, what the word is meant to. It's meant to lead you to life. It's meant to lead you to the Father's heart. It's meant to lead you right to God's heart. But often we can, uh, you know, we can get kind of backwards in this where we're, our goal is, is that or our goal is something else and not necessarily being the means to God's heart. But we can actually flip it around. So our motivation in everything that we do, whether it's getting in the Word, whether it's praying, whether it's you know, a time of worship or anything, um, all of our motivation must be for relationship with God. It must be our yes to God's pursuit of us. Um, you know, we can't, we can't go on uh, just pursuing the means to getting to God as if it was the goal. And our our motivation has to be that pursuit of God's heart. It has to be in response to the same way that He has pursued us. You know, when we worship, um, we come here to worship because we long to be in His presence, and He's He's so worthy uh, and so awesome, and worthy of our of our praise. And that's why Jesus, in this passage, you can see that's why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees when they were saying to him, like, what are you doing healing this guy on the Sabbath? And he's, you know, they can condemning him for healing somebody. And he said, you know, you're, you're all about the law. You're all about the study. But, you know, all of the law, everything that's in there is summed up in love and in relationship. And you've totally missed the point. You know, the Pharisees were like, well, no, we're obeying the law. And we read in Leviticus, it does say, obey the Sabbaths, you know, let, you know, follow the Sabbaths. But all of that, again, was wrapped up in love. It was wrapped up in this pursuit of relationship. And so when they were, you know, when they were condemning him, they were like, why are you healing him? And he's saying, you've totally missed the point. You know, all of this was for the purpose of relationship, and that's why the Bible refers to David as a man after God's own heart, because we know from Scripture that David broke the rules, that he, you know, he went into the holy of Holies when he wasn't supposed to. He went in and worshiped, and he broke the rules of the, you know, tabernacle worship and everything, but God was like, yeah, but you get it. You know, he didn't, it wasn't like, oh no, he went in there and other times people break the rules and they died in you know in the Holy of Holies. David went, you know, David broke the rules and God was like, Yeah, but you get it. You you hear my heart, you want relationship, and that's what he loves, that's what he desires. That's why that's why it says he's a man after God's own heart, because that was God's heart, was for relationship. And David being like miles ahead of his time, so it seems. Had that in him that desire for closeness and intimacy with God, and so um, our driving purpose has to be that same thing as David had to remain in his presence it has to be it has to be um, a purpose of getting getting God, and you know otherwise we end up chasing or idolizing like a structure or something that 's meant to bring us, not that any of that stuff is bad, right like like, reading your Bible, obviously, is not bad. It's good. You need it. Everybody do it. But we can end up chasing a structure or chasing um, chasing a tradition that was really meant to lead us to him. And so we need to, you know, just be reminded not to miss the point And not to, you know, God needs to be the point. God, you know, we can't go through our lives and have God be the means by which we get to something else. You know, God is not the means by which we get to um, our destiny. God is not the means by which we get our healing. He is not the means by which we, you know, get to, like, seeing miracles and stuff. We pursue God. He is the goal. His presence is the goal. And everything else happens in that pursuit, You know, when he says, when when we see miracles happen, glory comes down, all of this stuff, that happens in the pursuit of God. That happens in the presence of God. It's like when you're doing this, then this. It's not pursue God so that. All these other things, our heart has to be after his heart. our heart has to be um, motivated by a pursuit of his presence alone, and everything else is going to come out of that everything else you know if we can just keep our eyes on him, if we can keep our our pursuit on him, then all of that other stuff is going it 's going to come in those in that time in that pursuit of his heart, so as we 're worshiping tonight, just that we would we would um Pursue him; that we would really have our hearts set on him. That, that um, you know, and it's not that we can't ask for other stuff. You know, healings and stuff. Obviously, yeah, we do. And you know, we we long for God to move powerfully and to let His fire come down and to heal and to deliver and to save and all of that. But let's let's pursue Him. Let's pursue His presence and knowing that all of that stuff it it is it happens in that pursuit of him it's it's totally natural reaction for that to happen so we don't need to necessarily worry about it you know and as we pursue his heart that we would just come into a deeper place of intimacy with him tonight so father we start tonight we just come come before you tonight and we just say we love you god we adore you god there is nothing that we want more than to just remain in your presence. There is nothing that we want, that we want more than just to be found right in the center of your heart, God. And tonight we, we enter your courts with praise and thanksgiving, Lord God, because you are a good, good God. You are a good Father. And we invite you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to come tonight. Fill this place that you would be glorified in our praises, God. We worship you because you are so worthy. Because if we didn't worship, the rocks would cry out, God. Our very, the depths of our spirit cry out, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. God, we worship you because you are so good. You are so worthy, Lord. And we come here with gladness in our hearts. It is our great privilege to be here and to, to be in your presence, God, to be in fellowship with you, Lord God and we cry out with the the voices of all the saints that have gone before us that you would come, that you would be with us, God, that we would be in communion with you, Lord God. So, God, tonight, that is our heart's cry, just to be with you, just to, to know you, to see you, to hear you, God. Father, would you open our eyes and our ears, God? Would you make our senses, every sense, aware of your presence, Lord God, that we would smell the fragrance of who you are, God? That our eyes would see you. Our ears would hear your voice, Lord God. That we would feel your touch on our skin, God. We welcome you tonight to come. You are welcome in this place, God. You are welcome in this place. Be lifted up tonight. Be lifted on the praises of your people, Lord God. Be glorified. We honor you tonight, God. You are You are what we're here for. You are what we're here for, God. There is nothing we want more than you. So come, Holy Spirit.